0: Hello and welcome back to Control alt delete This is a replay of the episode I recorded with Greta Gerwig back in February 2018. I met her in the Soho Hotel for an interview to talk about Lady Bird as part of a press junket and I really enjoyed meeting her. I loved having this conversation with her about Lady Bird and about how much I loved her previous films as well. Since this interview aired, of course, she's gone on to make the incredible masterpiece That is the new version of Little Women, the film she directed and wrote. And the film received six Academy Award nominations, including Best Picture. And it also received numerous BAFTA nominations and Golden Globe nominations. So Greta Gerwig remains just one of the most amazing creative visionaries. And I wanted to replay this episode for anyone that might have missed it or might want to go back and listen again. So I hope you enjoy this little trip down memory lane and I will be back soon. My favourite film is Frances Ha. Oh, yes. My new favourite film you. is Ladybird. Bird. <laughs> um, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to thank you, first of all, because... That was the first film that I'd seen female friendship mm. in a really raw, real way. Thank you. And then Lady Bird as well. I know that's not like the main plot of the film, but I cried so much with those friendship scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I the two actresses, uh, Saoirse Renan, who plays Lady Bird, and then Beanie Feldstein who plays her best friend. Beanie Feldstein is like, oh, she's a dream. As she, she and Saoirse, it was so funny. I, I, I mean, I cried watching my actors through lots lots of parts of the movies, but I cried even watching them have fun together mm-hmm. because they really did become really good friends. And when they're cracking each other up, they're genuinely cracking each other up. And I felt this sort of overwhelming thing of like, this is so rare to watch two women genuinely laugh. Mm. Not pretend to laugh or not try to look cute while they're laughing, yeah. but just really
0: crack each other up. Before I ask my other question, are there any questions that do just
1: annoy you in general you know it's funny because I I've been people always say oh you must do so many interviews you must be so tired of talking about it and it's like no I mean this film I I, I've worked on it for years um so many people put their heart and soul into it and I don't know that I'm ever going to get tired of 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 talking about it it's it's not it's not something where I want to hang up the towel and say like I'm done. I, I I really it's talking to people, especially, you know, as it's expanded and different parts of the world, it's it's amazing. It's amazing that it connects to people who, you know, have no idea what Sacramento is, have never been there. Mm-hmm. Like that, that that they can still find themselves in it. That's what I think cinema is so does so extraordinarily and I never have that feeling of like
0: <laughs> I never, so cool. I never
1: feel that. Also, I just wanted to see it again immediately
0: when it was finished because yes. there uh, were the small moments, the, the line about how you know our cell phones are at surveillance. Those moments were really fun for me because it's such a throwback.
1: Yeah, such a throwback. Yeah, the it was funny. The the guy who plays um, Kyle uh, is it this actor Timothy Chalamet, who's so extraordinary. He's also in this film call me by your name which is getting a lot of love <laughs> yeah. and it's so good and he's so good uh, but he i remember when he was i cast him and we were talking about the part and he was sort of saying well like is kyle a bit stupid and i was like no kyle's really smart and he was like well but he says all this stuff that's sort of ridiculous and i was like it might be a little ridiculous but actually he he does kind of know what he's talking about and he was like well i don't know what you mean so then I gave him all these books that were things that I had read and really liked about, like, the emergence of the Internet and the surveillance state mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people's history of the United States and and these sort of – these books that had meant a lot to me that refigured history and looked at our use of technology. And I gave them to him, and he, he flipped through them, and then he, he came back, and he said – whose notes are in the <laughs> margins who underlined these books and I was like oh they're my books I did that and he was like whoa you're really into this oh yeah I that that's true and he said people will think people will watch this movie and think you're ladybird but actually you're Kyle yeah. you're actually a conspiracy theorist I was like no I mean clearly there are surveillance devices I love um, that I but it but I do I think I'm always interested in moments when technology or or anything that's emerging isn't quite there yet um i think it's a fascinating moment and i think it gets laughs as well because
0: he's like it's 2003 isn't it so he's like predicting Mm -hmm. and we're all there in 2017 like yeah yeah that's gonna happen but you're not on social media yourself are you no i'm
1: not i'm not on any social media it's probably because i'm kyle (laughs) me in a book like I'm the guy reading the book at the party. Oh, that's so, that's the cool guy now, though. Well, it always yeah. was,
0: in, in well, my eyes. I mean, to a
1: certain kind of girl, that was the cool guy. Yeah. I mean, any guy who just, like, read a bunch of things and told you you were wrong was really exciting. Mm-hmm. I learned that there's a word for this now, somebody told me. Negging? Have oh, you heard this? Oh, yeah, negging,
0: yeah. Yeah, like, I
1: know, I mean, this is why, I, if, you, if you're not on Twitter, you don't know the cool new lingo.
0: But, like, all my favorite writers, you included, aren't on it, so I'm thinking maybe I <laughs> should follow in your footsteps because I,
1: I mean I think it's an amazing tool and I think it's it's something that's really like connected people and facilitated interesting conversations and and I think it's it's a wonderful thing I mean I personally am not on it because I felt like every time I mean when I was in college Facebook started and I was on Facebook for about six months um I found it very stressful because it felt like I was creating this image of myself that may or may not have been actually true Mm. like this idea this attempt to look cool or something not like here's me with all my friends but like there was a section at the beginning of Facebook where you like list what are your favorite books and what are your favorite movies and music and it was this sort of desperate attempt to seem really smart and well-informed and I felt like it was a little bit of a lie and Anyway, I deleted it because I was like, God, this is just stressful. And then as I went on as an actor and a writer and now when I'm doing this, at different points people have said to me, like publicists or someone has said, you have to get on Twitter or Instagram for your career. And I, I for me, I was like, but if I do it for my career, it wouldn't be genuine. Like there are people who are genuinely, you know, it, that that that's that's a medium that makes sense to them it's something it's a way they like to have conversations it's a way that they like to interact with the world and it's and it works because it's genuine for them for me if it was just a cynical thing if i was just like well this is for my career then it it, it would be it, it wouldn't work mm. i i think i think people would be like no she's just a poser she's not really this is, is not really, really her yeah or it's like <laughs> this is kind of like awkward and a little bit nerdy or something like it it wouldn't feel just natural for me. So I feel Mm -hmm. like the thing is, it's not that I'm opposed to it. It's more just like, you got to do what feels right to you. (laughs) And it just never felt right to me. And it's like, if it did, I would have already done it. And I'm not going to start doing it now because it's a good career move. Mm -hmm.
0: And when I think when younger people ask for advice in career, you know, career advice, and they're saying, should I be on it? I I always say that to them. I'm like, if you want to be, you should do it. But if you don't know what you want to
1: say... Maybe it's not right for you. Maybe it's not right for you. But I mean, there's like, I there's certainly like, you know, there are people, there are amazing photographers who have accounts on like Instagram who, or, you know, cinematographers too, or or people who just, you know, they, they get excited about using it in some creative way that's, um, that's, that's really, that's really speaks to them and, and that's real for them. But if not, just. You don't have to do it. Yeah. Do you still get distractions though? Because I, I last night in the Q and A, Q&A million distractions. When you were saying
0: that you overwrite, I thought that was so interesting. Like kind uh. of just the three hundred and fifty pages, yeah. kind of craziness, and then, and then this genius thing at the end of it. If it's not
1: Twitter, is there anything that? you find distracting? Oh, well, I can fall into an internet k-hole just as well as the next person. I mean, I'll get, like, obsessed with bears or something, and I need to know everything about bears and, like, what kind of bears, like, do all bears hibernate or do only some bears hibernate? Like, how do bears get birth? Do bears have teats? I'm not sure. Like, I go into, I I get kind of, crazy about certain subjects so like for me the internet even not being on these social media platforms is just the most distracting place for me also a really interesting place but very distracting and also I can be distracted just by literally anything at all in my apartment or in the world I spend an awful lot of time just wasting time when I'm supposed to be writing and it's taken me a long time to accept that that's just part of it and to not go into a um a shame spiral of self-loathing where you hate yourself for wasting time then you hate yourself for hating yourself for wasting time then you hate yourself again then you waste more time and then you can't start now because you got to hate yourself <laughs> more and then you're just in this crazy thing and that that's the thing that really stops you it's like you're going to waste time if you're working on anything creative It's gonna, you're gonna have time wasting things. And I think there's a sort of cultural myth of an artist who's just relentlessly working, and maybe those artists exist. I have never met them. Mm. I have 100% never met those people. Most people I know who make art spend some time that they're wasting. I guess, I mean, I just went to the Modigliani exhibit at the Tate. And there was a bunch of, like, little placards that said, like, Modigliani would work for hours and hours and never stop. And I was like, but he was addicted <laughs> to absinthe. I'm pretty sure there were some moments where he didn't do it. Yeah, and of course, getting out of the house is, is crucial to the... Yeah, ...kind of, of, of and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, he was hanging out with a bunch of ladies in Paris and drinking and partying, and I it's like... I don't know that he was just nose to the grindstone yeah. the whole time. That's that's not what was going on. Also, how do we know that? Because I feel like there was no surveillance of his.
0: You know, there's no yeah. social media back then, so I maybe, know. maybe people romanticize it a little bit.
1: Yeah, and I also think it's sort of like like I'm very I'm very aware. I try to be very honest about like it takes me a long time to write, and I try to be honest about being lazy. I try to on, be honest about like, you know, writing a 350 page script and then trying to cut it down because. I do not want to perpetuate the myth that it's just uh, that I'm a superior being. I am not a superior being. I do not have gifts that are outside of the 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 realm of just you know a normal ability to work. I'm Mm -hmm. super distractible. I'm can be really lazy, um, and I've gotten through by some combination of you know hard work and luck and different things, but. I think there's a lot of myth-making around what it means to be a writer and I I I, I think I want to dismantle some of it because um, I don't know that it's helping people who want to write. Even like the idea of like people who talk about um, I'll write for hours and hours, and I'll look up, and it's eight hours later. And I'm like, yeah, that's never that's never happened to me. I've never been like, oh, the whole day. It's like people are like, oh, you know, I'm always forgetting to eat. I was like, I've never <laughs> once forgotten to eat. That's not, that, that's not an issue I've ever had. <laughs> um, so I don't know where these people are who write for eight hours and don't notice or forget to eat. But I'm not them, and and I think most people aren't. Mm-hmm. I, I'm saying all this and while I'm saying it I'm thinking I'm sure there are exceptions to this and I'm sure that there are people who do write for eight hours and don't notice I'm just I just don't do it
0: it's a really nice message to say can you can do it but whatever way you want to do
1: whatever it. way you want to do it and it's also like yeah there are moments of transcendent inspiration where you're like I don't know where that came from and it was so wonderful but a lot of it's just a slog and another thing I think is important to keep in mind If any of you out there want to be writers, um, it is not necessary that you feel good about what you're doing at all points for it to be actually good. Like, sometimes you'll feel like what you're working on is basically shit. And then, but you'll keep plugging away at it and you'll get through it. And, uh, and it's, and it's, and it's good. Um you don't have to feel like it's brilliant Mm -hmm. at all times. You don't have to feel like, God, I've really solved it. You can just sort of get from point A to point B to point C. You can allow it to be boring Mm -hmm. and you can allow it to be kind of just drudgery. And, and, and it doesn't mean because you're not, you know, high on inspiration. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it doesn't mean it's not good. Yeah. Oh. I needed to hear that because I'm in the middle of a, like, a slump, oh, so <laughs> like, yeah. you're speaking directly no, to me right I now. A, so. I have a little note, uh, note that I put up on my bulletin board um, with the intention that I would write at a desk. I never end up writing at a desk. I always end up laying on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but on my bulletin board, um, um, it's a note that says you're allowed to be boring. Because I think Mm -hmm. sometimes there's this need to, like, entertain or dazzle when you're writing. And it's like, no, you're allowed to be boring. Like, write the most boring version of this. Mm -hmm. And, like, it can free you to actually find what's interesting about a character or about a scene because you've let yourself stop trying to entertain everybody all the time. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with, like, a one out of ten day. Yeah. Because I feel like
0: every day has to be, like instagram worthy perfection but no
1: the case it's okay you can be you can be boring Mm. i think it's
0: it's a coincidence but a lot of my Mm -hmm. guests are kind of like these people who have so many different things going on. Mm. Um, I'm actually writing a book on... Um, it's called The Multi-Hyphen Method, and it's mm. about, um, mm. like, saying no to basically being one one thing. Yeah. It's, it's for everyone, but I think there's, like, a gendered thing on it slightly just because I yeah. think people want to put, like, women in boxes and be like, mm-hmm. what do you mm-hmm. do? Mm-hmm. Do you... I feel like you're... It's like Nora Ephron is like... Yeah. You can't sum up really what you do right. easily. Right, right. Do you feel like people were slightly like but you're an actor but you're this but you're that or do you think yeah. it's have you felt like
1: people have just been like oh you're loads of things it's, it's funny like a, a lot of people say like if you had to choose and it was mm-hmm. like if you I had think. to choose one writing acting or directing and I was like must I must I choose must mm-hmm. we must we make this a requirement um I, I I told people I wanted to direct before I directed because I wanted to um I wanted, in some ways, to be able to talk to people about about directing, and I wanted to. And you have to sort of bravely say, like, I'd like to do that. And then, um, and people are very, very open and very helpful. And I think something you know that is interesting about artistic life is, um, you would think that people were competitive but actually people are just supportive of each other because they know a how hard it is to make a movie and b everybody's on their own magical mystery tour like Mm. there's no way i'm going to make someone else's film or they're going to make my film that just doesn't happen so and it's a pretty solitary endeavor too for for lots of chunks of it so being able to talk to someone else about how to make something is it's Mm. it's really super fun um so I I was open about wanting to direct, but I was nervous not about talking to other artists about it, but um, honestly, I was nervous about saying it to like the press or like uh, mm-hmm. an article written or something because I thought, oh God, they're just gonna make fun of me or something. Mm-hmm. I thought like, oh, yeah, I'm like an actress who wants to direct, and like that it would somehow be seen as like a not serious-minded endeavor so I was sort of sensitive to that and that's a silly sensitivity to have because it's not there's nothing I mean you either do it or you don't you don't have to worry what people mm-hmm. think about it about it but um I felt like yeah there you know there was a bit of like uh feeling like I wanted to be so prepared and so ready to do this because I so didn't want to give people a reason to think that I was unserious or something, mm. you know. I, I still wanted to be like, I have a right to be here, and um, yeah, you I mean, know, maybe it's overcompensating. The irony of that
0: as well is probably like, there's going to be so many people that go and see Ladybird and they just know you as you a know, director, the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They'll never know no, another version. No.
1: Uh, yeah, it, 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 it's really funny. It's like a really, um, uh, yeah, it's 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 odd though. This this desire. I think you're right. Um, I do see more women who are hyphenates. Um, There are men who are hyphenates too, but I do think it's a very common thread. Mm. And also, you know, even women I think about like that you associate with one thing more like uh, Natalie Portman is uh, also a director and a writer. And she's written for, you know, the New York Times and she's written screenplays and she directed a movie in Hebrew. (laughs) Um, And and, you know, Rashida Jones is a is a writer and she's a producer and she's an actor and she's, uh, you know, she's doing all these different things. And we think of her as a more of an actor, but she's actually doing all these other things, too. and, And she's, you know, she's she's pushing forward. And I feel like I know so many women who are just kind of coming at it from all angles. And I think some of that must have to do with the fact that there are some spaces that they feel like they haven't been accessible to women, so they are like, any way you will let me in, <laughs> I will take it. Um, and I think that's a, it's a good thing. Even you look at someone like TV queen Shonda Rhimes. Mm. I mean, she's how many shows, has she, hit shows, has she yeah. been responsible for? In addition to writing books, in mm. addition to you know being Shondaland a yeah. yeah so yeah. she's technically like a producer like yeah. And a, yeah business publisher
0: yeah all the all the things
1: all the things mm-hmm. and like um there's nothing singular about like which, or, you know there's nothing not I mean it's, it's a singular voice but there's nothing sort of monolithic about it it's like it's it's a it's a this slash that slash mm-hmm. that and, and it, it, it makes
0: the whole like you know when you meet someone at a dinner party and they're like I mean, people probably just know what you do, but if people ask you what you do, it's like clam up a little bit. Like I
1: know. Lots of things. Well, I used to feel really embarrassed in general because, you know, if someone's at a dinner party says, what do you do? And you say, oh, I'm an actor. And then they look at you and you're like, and they say, well, would I have seen anything? <laughs> no, I mean, if you don't know, no.'" Nope. I guess you just answered that because you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you just haven't. But um, such a weird, weird reply to that. I know. How, anything I would have seen? I don't just... know what you've seen, and you don't no. recognize me, so probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, in a funny way, that's like a more um, insecurity of like my like early twenties too. Just, I mean, I think everything in your. I think the older, in general, the older you get, the better you feel, Mm. (laughs) as far as I can tell. I feel better (laughs) at 34 than I felt at 24, and I feel better at 24 than I did at 14. Mm. I've never felt better than I did at 10, but, you know, Mm. maybe I'll get that way at 80 again.
0: (laughs) It was so nice to see you and um, Sasha, kind of clearly so close last night as well. And I think she called you, like, the mother hen or something. Yeah, Um, yeah, I'm a bit
1: of a mother. It's so funny, whenever we do these Q&As or... We we do interviews together. Where we always find it. We're 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 always holding hands, and then we look over at each other and we're like, we've been holding hands for the past <laughs> ten minutes. It's um, nice. But I just, I mean, I adore her. I just, she's um, she's such a, she's such a gifted young woman. She's such a, she's such a light, and she's such a artist and a storyteller. And I I was so lucky that I got to work with her. And I um and 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 she's not she's not she's got no attitude you know mm. she's just a real hard-working actor who has such respect for the craft but also approaches it in this very workmanlike way and i i i have nothing but extreme mm. admiration for her oh yeah yeah and um i
0: re-watched atonement recently <gasps> i know I she guess. had it from
1: the very oh, beginning I know.
0: amazing because that's like one of my favorite I, books and yeah you're just how old is she in that maybe like a, 13 or yeah 12 12, 12 just, yeah just she's extraordinary yeah
1: i i actually um when i was going to tell you right where the film premiered i was on the flight with joe wright who directed atonement atonement and oh, wow. he had um darkest hour that his movie with um gary old, oldman and about winston churchill but he we you know we he said, oh, I'm, I'm Joe, and we, I was like, oh, I'm Greta, and I was like, oh, I love you know, your movies, and then we talked about Search and he was like, she was always like that, wow. from the time she was a little girl. It was, he said it was just totally uncanny. Mm-hmm. She's always had that in her, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I just felt so lucky that she was in my film,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Um,
0: I always ask this at the end of every episode. Um, mm-hmm. What are you looking forward to next year?
1: Looking forward to um, Ava DuVernay's Wrinkle in Time. Yes. Right? That's that, is that book out? In, I think, like, March, April, something mm-hmm. like that. Amazing. I ha- I loved that book so much when I was a kid, and then I watched the trailer, and I was like, yes, please, sign me up, I can't wait, this is perfect. I love yeah. Mindy Kaling, I love Reese Witherspoon, and I love Oprah, and I love little girls who do physics. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it made me really, really happy to see that trailer. I'm psyched for that, um... I'm really excited for, um, taking a trip with my girlfriends, um, mm-hmm. in April, we go on these sort of lady trips, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, um, lady vacations, um, it, it involves a rented minivan every time, and a house that's, uh, okay. that my friend Sarah cooks, and, um, uh, Anna sings karaoke and Molly takes care of all of us and Gabby is uh, delightful and my friend Serena just had a baby and she's going to bring the baby so it's like, it's our coven. Oh, I don't know, it's our, it's our witch time. And then I'm excited to um, I'm I'm writing something that I'm going to direct, but before I direct again, I'm going to be in a movie directed by Mia Hansen-Love uh, who's a French director who I really adore. And... Um, that will be shot on the island that Ingmar Bergman lived on uh, wow. in July. So those oh are the things. God. So those are the things I'm looking forward to: Ava DuVernay's *Wrinkle in Time*, *Lady Trip*, and movie on Bergman Island with Mia hansen love Oh, amazing! Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's nice like to one talk of my favorite to you. Episodes. Thank you. Oh, that's so. Nice.